everyone. It's Cathode Ray Mission. We're back again. Uh, is this the new year? I don't know when this episode is coming out. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, I am Will Scoville in uh, Berkeley, California. With me, as always, is Randy Heyer in Oklahoma City. Hey, Randy. Hey, Will. What's going on? Uh, not much. I, I feel like I just watched uh, a season of television in uh, a three-hour span. Yeah. Um, because we watched, uh, for this episode, Cloud Atlas. This is the 2012 uh, epic uh, adaptation of David Mitchell's epic novel. Uh, you read the book? I have not read the book. You can uh, feel that it's based on a novel, but I also wonder how, if the novel's structured the same way as the movie, you know? I got some info about that, okay. so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But this was directed, written and directed, uh, or I should say adapted, uh, and directed by the Wachowskis and Tom Tykwer, and I'm really sorry if I'm mispronouncing that last name. But this is a set of three directors and uh, and the same three screenwriters in kind of a trend that we started seeing a little bit after uh, Sin City. Um, believe it or not, that is a movie that allowed uh, the DGA to allow multiple directors on a movie. and. Mm. After that, the Coen brothers were allowed to to get co-producing directing credits where they were not before. Um, Interesting. Previously, one would be, I think, uh, Ethan. Only Ethan that recently? Producer. Yeah. Ethan was producer. Joel was director. No, that's true. On. That's always how it was. Until after Sin City when they started taking dual credit. Oh, so. but like, so there's no precedent for there being two directors on a movie. I mean, what about like uh, anthology movies and stuff like that? Anthology movies are different because you're directing different segments. Mm. We're talking about like um, Sin City was, it's kind of an anthology, but like Quentin Tarantino directed it's like one a scene. scene. Yeah. Yeah. A scene and, in the car. Yeah. And got his name credited as a co-director. So did uh, Frank Miller, uh, who, who also got credited as a director. And that was a... I remember when that happened. It was a Oh, yeah. Break. He did it for Frank Miller, didn't he? Didn't he? I like, so. Robert Rodriguez fought for it because he was like, Frank needs to be credited as director on this thing. And then Frank yeah. made his own movie that is, like, notoriously, like, terrible. I've never seen it. I haven't it. seen it. The Spirit. <laughs> I remember there was a, a gag. We should do The in, Spirit, man, yeah. at some point. <laughs> there was a gag in uh, in uh, Kick-Ass where they were coming out of the theater for The Spirit 3, uh, uh, <laughs> which was great. Yeah. Um, so we should do that movie, too. We should do some weird-ass dark super, Dude, like that super. If you want to hear me be super negative for like a full yeah. hour, I guess we could do Kick-Ass. We do Kick-Ass and compare it to the comic, which is which is bad. I think Kick-Ass is good because it improves on the comic. I uh, still... Super oh, bad. Oh, like, my God. I I hate... I don't want to go on a super long tangent here, but, man, I, I do hate fucking Kick-Ass, dude. I hate yeah. what it... I mean, there's like funny aspects to it, but it paved the way for Deadpool, which I also mm -hmm. hate. Yeah. And all of that shit is just like, like, like it or not, it's the same strain as Boondock Saints and all that other shit that people like roundly hate. Like, I don't know. The thing I, I don't like about it versus, okay, another movie based on Mark Millar's work is Wanted. And I do like Wanted because Wanted is like nakedly conservative and in my yeah. face and stuff. And I like how stupid it is. It's like, 
Wanted is not like trying, like the thing that disturbs me, I guess, about Kick-Ass is that it's trying to appeal to me. You know, it's like, no, I want to watch some crazy dad fantasy and have fun with it. You know, like I don't want, that's not my, my fantasy is not to like, like American Ultra was a movie like that too, where it's like that character was so much like a person like I am, especially at that point in my life. It was like, this is not my fantasy that like I would be yeah. a badass assassin. Like you're not, they're not fucking doing it. Like if they did it like where he's like helpless and some badass is helping him, all of the Terminator or I guess uh, Bassan tried to do that with Lucy, you know, like have the man be sort of like the, the typical, like in the past, like who the female, the helpless female or whatever. Yeah. Like subvert it that way. It's like fine. I mean, that's stupid and hack, but it'd be more fun. But I just like that movie, the new Bob Odenkirk movie gives me sickening vibes, dude. It just really, makes, yeah. I don't think, I don't know. I, I'm uh, it's just, I, I, I just, uh, I don't think it's going to be good. I don't know. I am interested in it purely because it is Bob Odenkirk and I trust him a lot with a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, we'll see, man. I'll probably watch it for sure. I mean, I don't know. Cause like he was able to get into, and I, and I haven't watched better call soul, I, but I did watch all of breaking bad mm-hmm. and to have him in there and kind of be in those really heavy scenes and kind of still keep a Bob, Bob Odenkirk sense of humor without overdoing it, you know, without turning into like Jar Jar Binks or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he can do that. I think he, I think this movie, uh, this nobody movie with Bob Odenkirk is going to be uh, a lot more tongue in cheek. And I think it's going to be a lot more fun and aware of itself, but also very fun in a violent way, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But I, I think there's, okay. That's my big issue though, is like, there's got, there's something about like the context in which the violence is presented to me mm-hmm. that like. And I, you know, I'm going to have to think about it like longer to be super articulate about this. And I'm sure we'll bring it up again, you know, but like there's certain movies like Shoot 'em Up, American Ultra and stuff like that, where I feel like the filmmaker is sort of like to use the parlance of our time simping to like my ideologies or at least like the things that like. On the surface level, I like like wearing band tees and drinking beer and smoking pot or whatever. You know what I mean? Being yeah. into rock music, being alternative. But then it's like adding that shit into it, it's like that's why to me, like you gotta have like Schwarzenegger fucking you know, I mean, it's just like I don't I don't want somebody that looks like me. I, I don't know. Just to go back to like it's not my fantasy mm-hmm. to, to like pick up a gun and suddenly be like, actually I am a badass, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but I enjoy watching like Liam Neeson, for instance, being like, actually I'm a badass. It's like, and it's a total, like a dad fantasy and it's awesome. Like it's crazy. And I don't know. I just, so I don't know. I guess when it comes to action, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I said yeah, what I needed it, to say. I think yeah, I, I don't okay. like that kind of stuff. So let's let's go into another world of fantasy that in some ways may and may reflect our own life and in some ways may not. Yeah, we'll get that back on the, this subject when we talk about smoking aces or whatever, but <laughs> like <laughs> lucky number eleven. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so the movie we're reviewing this week is Cloud Atlas again by the Wachowskis and, and, uh, Tom Tykwer. I'm sorry. Um, this came Tommy out. Tommy T. Well, 
This came out in 2012. It was the Wachowskis uh, second, I believe feature after uh, the end of the matrix trilogy. The first being mm. uh, speed racer, which is another movie that surprised me. Me too. Um, I saw that last uh, year and it was, it, it was really good. It was cool. It's really good. Um, so here's the thing about me. Um, I don't like the matrix. I don't, um, go around saying I hate the Matrix or pointing out that people who like the Matrix are stupid or anything. I just don't like the Matrix. Um, it's fine if you like it. It's it's a fine movie. I just I don't care for it. Um, I think to me the story is very simple and it's very just like uh, all right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the action in it is very fun. Um, and if you're into it, you're into it, and I understand why you're into it. And that's a perfectly acceptable thing to be into. Yeah. Uh, hey, man, you're in good company because I, right. even even from moment one, seeing it in theaters, I never fully understood. Blade is another one that's like, I know people oh, really? just like love Blade. And it's like, there's something about the aesthetic. My fine tuning of that kind of thing that I do like is Underworld. Like, <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> those movies are a lot of fun to me. Oh, I can't do that either. I can do, let's see, I saw that uh, Daybreakers movie. Uh, with, yeah, that was all Hawk. right. People, That's about the closest. I, I enjoyed watching that. Yeah. That's about the closest I can get to it. Yeah, Sam Neill in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so uh, I was very reluctant to, to enjoy anything from the Wachowskis after The Matrix because I really didn't enjoy them. I tried and I didn't. And so someone told me to see Speed Racer and I did. And I was like, wow, that was a lot of fun. And... Then this Cloud Atlas movie came out, and I was like, no way. Can, did you see all the fake noses, and did you see Tom Hanks and the weird teeth and in the trailer? And, I, and then I read up about it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try watching this, mm-hmm. and this three-hour movie, and watched it all the way through uh, because I was so wrapped up into it. Um. For a movie that really should not work, like on paper, even looking at stills from it or even a clip from it, you're like, what the fuck is this? It's one of the most ambitious big budget movies of modern times, like without without question. Yeah. I think like, and it's, it's cool because I didn't realize, I knew that the guy, Tommy T... He made Run Lola Run, which of course is like a a classic of like our generation when we were mm-hmm. late teens, early twenties or whatever, that movie was big time. But he made this movie, I didn't realize this until today. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Called Perfume, that is like a super good um it's based on a novel too. I guess that's what um Scentless Apprentice by Nirvana, like he, Kurt Cobain was like a fan of the novel and like, that's mm-hmm. like sort of be- the basis for that song. But like he made the movie with one of the guys, cause in Cloud Atlas, part of the whole deal is that it's like, there's like eight actors that are repeated in like these five mm-hmm. timelines as different people. Cause it, a lot of the, there's a lot of philosophical talk about rebirth, past lives and stuff like that. But um, it's, so it's the dude who plays the composer. He's the main character of um, Perfume. And, I mean, I, I could talk about it at the end. I will. But right up top, I'm just saying, that's a great movie. If you like this, that's a, a really terrific movie. So 
it makes a lot of sense to me the style, the way his style and their style meet on this. I mean, because you do get full on Matrix style action, and it's even right. it's better than, or not better, but it's as it's as good as the Matrix yeah. and stuff. It's it's as I would say it it is a more mature use of that. Where I feel like a lot of that was, I think a lot of the Matrix is style over substance. Mm-hmm. Um, but used in this movie, it is very substantial. A lot of the special effects are very substantial to the story and really reflect what what we're going through with these characters in in their environment and how this is so different from another story that we're following. And to kind of get into what this, the movie is about, it's adapted again from the David Mitchell novel of the same name, which is a set of nested novels. So I believe you start um, in the very much like in the movie with the old Tom Hanks telling a story. And you get to a certain part part of that story, and then there's another novel nested in there, and it's the story about um, the the cafeteria worker in the future. Which, uh, holy shit! I mean, each one of these is good enough to be its own movie. Honestly, yeah. Like and that shit was just, like just yeah. fucking. And so you continue on with this style until you get to the very center, which I think is the novel about the guy on the ship who's sick and the doctor might be poisoning him. And you get a completion of that, I believe, and then it picks up with the other half of the rest of the stories until the very end. So and that, that order might be reversed with the, the, the one about the ship on the furthest edge and then the one about the far future in the middle. Um, but either way, the movie itself does not follow that structure. No. It it instead structure it finds a way to structure each one to match up certain climaxes with each other and follow and a, a through line through the entire movie that you that I was able to follow without any confusion. Me too. The only thing I was doing was I kept checking to see now who is this, you know, because yeah. like it sort of does matter. Like it it has extra meaning on like who is playing who. And sometimes they're like completely like Halle Berry plays like this bald Korean man. And one of the things that people made fun of this movie or had issues with this movie is that like, you have a lot of like English white actors in like weird Korean face. And I don't know if it's meant to be, it's source. It's so weird that I wonder if it's meant to be some sort of like, evolutionary th- or I don't, I don't that, know what that was situation. always my, that was always my, um, figuring is that this is in the future and there has been like a physiological change for people of probably a certain class, uh, because it seems like a lot of, um, ethnic mi- mixing of, of traits where you have, you know, white people coming into Korea, you have probably people from all over the world and mm. it's in the future. You have a, much larger melting pot if, you know, South Korea is now kind of the epicenter of, you know, in the way the United States was at, a, at one point. Yeah. Where you have all these kind of cultures kind of coagulating in the center and people are breeding with, with ethnicities from all over the world. Eventually you're going to get to that where the, there's going to be a physiological change in, you know, people. And I think that in that story, everyone looks the same. Yeah. Uh, no matter what the ethnicity of the person playing them. 
But and you do have the Korean actor in total white face at one yes. point. You have Halle Berry in white face. I mean, you have you have a lot of like they're pretty fearless with that kind of thing. And honestly, yeah. it's not it's not really like offense. I mean, I can see I can see why people would have an issue with it. Absolutely. Me too. I yeah, don't think that's like, an unfounded argument. There is a context for it, but whether or not that context makes that okay or not, I think is the discussion to be had. Indeed. Um, and they took a big swing. We can all yeah. at least just say that, you know, and whether or not it worked is... Because sometimes when it's like people in Goofy's makeup, it does, like, Tom Hanks, like, I... The British version of Tom Hanks is like wonderful. Oh my god, dude. yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, holy shit! But okay, also, like, anyway, let's like. Sorry, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like the the big buck teeth he has, like the, like almost at the very beginning when he's that doctor. On he's kind of doing like his lady killer's character in yeah. a way. Like he looks like him in a way, like a younger version of that character. Yeah. So on one more thing about that, there's like also. In the movie Oh Lucky Man, which I brought up, it, it does follow a similar thing where actors do come back and reprise or, or come back for different roles. And in that, you have an actor, a white actor who does, who is in blackface in one mm. scene uh, because he and an actress that he had a scene with earlier are coming back as different roles. Um, and so it makes sense within the context of that story, but whether or not it is still acceptable is up for debate, um, I would say, uh, because it, it definitely raises a lot of questions, you know, even, even in context, um, and about the, you know, whether we should accept that or, or not. Um, but in any case, I think in all these, we should be aware of what the controversy might be and not try to shy away from it. So, yeah. And I mean, I think you can kind of like, we're so, I mean, we're drifting away from judging things for ourselves as adults. Yeah. Like people, even like adult, like, I don't know. There was like this whole, you know, I mean, stuff on the internet is a joke sometimes. Sometimes it's not. But like people talking about like they should have a warning if this novel ends sad or whatever, you know, like stupid shit like yeah. that. Like that kind of discourse. It's like, God damn. I was, we babies, I was, you know, it's like, let me just decide if what I think about this, you know? Yeah. I, I, I follow a, a Twitter account that's just uh, Russian animation uh, clips. And there was a, a clip of a bunch of ghouls like dancing and then a cat scratched a skeleton and it bled a little bit. And someone was like, you really should have had a warning about blood, even though it's a little bit. And I'm like, it's a cartoon. It's very not realistic. It's a skeleton. I don't know. It's just, it was, uh, to me it was weird, but I don't know what other people that can trigger like blood. And it's just I don't sucks, know. dude. Whatever. I don't know. Man. I mean, there's, there's like lines, you know, that yeah. like we've always known not to cross, but now we're getting into like these, some, like, I don't know, man, you know? Yeah. It's just like, Personally, if somebody's following me and you don't want to see if I post something like from a horror movie or something, like unfollow me or block yeah. me or whatever, like who cares? I'm not like 
Social media is so fucking dumb anyway, dude. Like eventually I know, yeah. we're all going to turn our backs on this shit. You know, I mean, who knows what will happen, but yeah. Like, so anyway, let's get into, yeah. Back into the Cloud Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> so again, this is like six stories. There's like, and it's one just takes, shuffling kind of like yeah, over and over, like, but you, you watch it. A, it's like a, it's, po- it's like, it's sort of like jazz or like a jam band. Like, it reaches these like crescendos, like you were yeah. talking about, how these like these climaxes match up and stuff. Mm-hmm. It keeps reaching these like emotional crescendos, and they do talk about it's the cloud out. Like the in one of the stories, this guy is writing this the cloud atlas sextet and stuff, and that music is playing throughout. And I think it's meant to mimic his mute, like you know, the movements of his music and stuff too, because they talk about he's the one that. Spoiler alert, he kills himself. Uh, but, like, in his suicide note, he's talking about, like, love can echo beyond life and didn't other lives and stuff like that. And then, I don't know, it's just, like, it's a fucking, yeah. like, a huge, ambitious, I mean, it's kind of amazing, honestly. I yeah, and can't fucking believe you, that this movie exists. And all these, all these, like, stories have some sort of relation, like, in... The story about the composer, the the main character who commits suicide, and, the, and which is seen at the very beginning of the movie, um, is reading the novel of the diary of the guy on the ship of the of who is being mm-hmm. taken care of by by Tom Hanks, um, and then he is writing letters to a lover who, uh, and those letters are found by Holly Ber- Halle Berry in San Francisco in the seventies. Yeah. Um, God, oh, oh my God, this movie is so fucking awesome. Yeah. Keep going, keep going, I'm sorry. And then, what is the next story? Uh, we got uh, the 2012, The Old Folks Home. The Old uh, Folks Home, yeah. Uh, and what is the connection there? Well, uh, there's a movie version of what happens to him. and Yeah, but what, how does that connect with Halle Berry, though? How does that, um, I don't know the connecting tissue on that one. Uh, but. 2012 to Halle Berry. Yeah, that is because that's the one that is super weird because most of them, like, it would make sense that each character wouldn't be alive when the other one is. But Hugh Grant's character in the 70s and then the one in 2012 are different, but the one in 2012 is super old. So, oh, is have, that who they that who that is? Yeah, that's okay. his brother. Well, no, 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 because because he's British and he's is he British in the in the 70s? I don't know, but like that means he is two different people living at the exact same time, mm. and that sort of uh, goes okay. against the rules of like what yeah. the rest of the movie. But, but yeah, so there is that. So yeah, in the in the future in Korea, there is the movie version of that guy's story, which they have he, a clip of, which starts off this kind of weird rebellion of these servers. It's just a line like, "I will not stand for this criminal abuse." Yeah. And the whole movie is about each person is being oppressed and like making a decision, you know, on what to do. And like shit just, it's sort of everything is the same and everything is different each time. Yeah. You know, like. And yeah, it's very similar stories told across a wide variety of time and genre. And um, I, I don't know, man, like the ability to make all this fit together in a compelling way, despite sometimes I'm like, wow, like, I don't know if I really believe Tom, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, in this scene. 
Which one? Uh, special, like, well, we're, I, I, my favorite one, which is the one of the distant future. Oh, uh, that, I think, the, if the whole movie was that, it'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't know how much I like Tom Hanks in that, but regardless, like the whole scene, again, all the scenes are great, are fantastic. Yeah, I actually, um, I really like Tom Hanks in that, man. I thought he was yeah. doing something really, really good, man. Yeah. Not like when he's like an old man at the beginning, I was like, <laughs> he looks weird, you know, <laughs> then later, I don't know, man, he, I think this is one of the best, this is a late career, like masterpiece for him. I think he's killing it in this movie. Well, personally. I think that that's the thing is that in many other attempts to do this or in, in other attempts that to possibly do this. There, with these same actors under a different direction and, and different circumstances, a lot of this, what they did here, could come off as cringe, uh, from fake noses to accents to everything. Sure. The fact that you can present that the way it is with all the fake noses and teeth, and still I'm like, I will totally accept that because the movie is, is good enough, um, is quite a feat. Um, it's, it's amazing, dude. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, dude, there's like, there's parts of it that are like, I've had, I've heard people be like mad about old Georgie, the character that, um, they use the same guy who plays agent Smith to be the bad guy in this in all timelines. What's that yeah. guy's name? Um, Hugh Cromwell, Hugh, Hugo, Hugo weaving, Hugo weaving. He plays this like Mad Hatter devil inside of Tom Hanks's mind in the future. The Baba Duke and, uh, and his of, name is Old story. Georgie. I only know that because I looked it. I looked it up. But some people hate that. But honestly, that really worked for me. I I don't care. Like the movie follows its own logic, and it was it was awesome to me. The weakest story, I, in my opinion, is the ship. Like and it was. It was oh good. no, I I like that this time around because it it. It really hit differently the fact that, you know, following that and it's the the slave that he saw whipped that is saving him from this doctor who's poisoning him and him, him also saving him, like, announcing that he's a stowaway and saving him from being shot, you know. I no, thought I followed that one this time. Like, that really. part was cool, the whole, when he's like, show him that you're a sailor and he like, he's yeah. like... He's like a fucking like amazing like sailor or whatever. Yeah. Like, that was sweet. That was a very was really cool. like Wachowski type action, like a little action scene nestled in the movie there. Yeah. Um, and I think that also it was right off the bat showing slavery is a lot about the politics of this movie. Um, I think that the Wachowskis are in a place where they are able to, through their projects, these very big projects, um, insert their their politics very clearly. Yeah, uh, in the, in this movie um, and, and in their other works and like to do so, you know, because there is the idea of slavery at the very beginning. There's also the idea of slavery in the uh, future Korea, where the this whole class is being developed. Uh, that shit was amazing. Sort of, That's yeah. a whole movie could have been that too. I yeah, mean, that would have easily. That could have been a, something to rival Blade Runner, honestly. Well, to me, it was the perfect blend of uh, Logan's Run and Soylent Green. Um, 
which Soylent Green is also mentioned in this movie. Yep. Uh, very briefly. And I love, even though it seems like the most inconsequential one, it's like kind of the most minor victory of all the the stories. The Old Folks Home one is great, dude. I love oh, Jim, yeah. Jim Broadbent is awesome, dude. And like the whole conclusion of that man standing up and convincing the drunken patrons of the bar to like beat the shit out of these like people is yeah. is fucking awesome, dude. Like, as many like this movies, they're so good. Both the all three of the directors, because I like Run Little Run and Perfume also have lots of good like setting stuff up and then like glorious come up and so like there's lots of really crazy violence in this movie actually despite mm. how classy Tom Hanks and Susan Sarandon and Hugh Grant and Halle Berry or whatever but um, like there's a lot of like super cruel violence mm. and like disturbing violence and then triumphant violence I guess like I mean when he cuts Hugh Grant's throat that's just so like hell yeah, yeah dude you're like <laughs> you know, because he has okay, and and going back to your thing about old Georgie, where it's like, you you have to imagine that this is so far in the future where this voice of doubt in his head has been given, has become a manifestation of, and it's like a god, a devil telling you to do it. Yeah, that voice and that voice of doubt in your head is old Georgie, and it is viewed in their religion as a demon. And so, how do you manifest that in a movie? And and the Wachowskis say, let's do it as simply as possible and just have it as Hugo Weaving appearing as as the Babadook. It's per- uh, but it's perfect because he's the bad guy in all the time. Like it's so yeah. it's it's great, dude. Yeah. Like it didn't bother me. The movie is like on such like a epic heightened scale to have like something a little bit like magical in the movie. Like I'm fine with it, honestly. Well, it, it, it has sort of, that confidence in itself, and it says, "Yeah, yes. it works. Don't worry about it, and and just go along with it, and you'll understand it." And it has the confidence in its viewership as well, and that's why I think it works on the level that it does, um, and why I am able to just kind of sit down and watch a three-hour movie, uh, start to finish, and be totally like aware of everything that's going on, and with the movie until the very end. Um, and again, like those climaxes keep you just like, kind of like, it doesn't tell you too much. It no. To the next story. But it, it hits you in these waves of like, like, I mean, Tom Hanks in the seventies story was like, broke my heart, man. I just thought yeah. he, he was so good in that, that role. Yeah. And like the whole seventies thing, Keith David, like, I forgot that he was in this movie and he's somebody that appears, his main storyline is in the seventies, but yeah, he's in, he appears in like the background or in bit roles and other ones, but the whole like showdown with him and Hugo weaving in yeah, the street the with the cars, like there's like some legit good action in this man. Oh yeah. And Hugo weaving's hitman in that storyline, what sets it all like the doctor like turns around and he just opens his mouth puts his gun in there and shoots, like blows his brains out. It's yeah. like, it's fucking crazy. And then when he knocks, yeah. he tries to kill Halle Berry and that whole scene. They have that like, split, like on the two sides of the door and uh, yeah. Uh, there's there's yeah. just some 
top-notch filmmaking going on. It was a very, and also, you know, living in the Bay Area, it was very nice to see a stylized 70s version of of San Francisco looking the way it did. Mm. Uh, I got a huge kick out of that uh, in a way that I didn't necessarily get it out of a movie like Milk, which uh, <laughs> was set in that same time period. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I got to visit Ca- the Castro when it was all done up, like the 70s, which was kind of neat, but... Um, I don't know. How, where's Zodiac on that scale for you then? Zodiac is weird. Zodiac feels like Zodiac came out right when I moved to San Francisco. Um, and it gets a lot of it right, but it is also very uh, stylized like like David Fincher in a way that I that separates me a little bit more. It's a lot it's like the the actual scenes are a lot darker. And mm. so in this movie a lot of stuff is shot during the day. Uh and so it really, even though it's a little, it's very stylized in this movie, it, mm-hmm. it is very reflective of a San Francisco I am familiar, fami- more familiar with. Um, so this one kind of hits me more than, than Zodiac does. on that. Front. And yeah, going back to what I was saying earlier, man, I feel like some of these stories could be their own movie. This is one Absolutely. where it's like, if this whole, like, this reporter fighting against this, like, corporation that's going to set up a nuclear power plant that like they know is like meant to fail to like boost like others means of power or something. Isn't that yeah. what was going on? Yeah. But yeah. like then having Keith David being like, he's a bad guy, but he goes rogue and helps Halle Berry. Out. <laughs> yeah. It fucking, it was so awesome. I mean, yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, I said the the ship was like my least favorite. That was still really good. I didn't have, yeah. I didn't think there's anything in the movie I didn't like. I just, if I'm, I was thinking about it, I was like, well, when I weigh them all out, I guess that's my least favorite one, you know? Yeah. But my, mine is the one, like my least favorite one is the one in, well, maybe the one about the composer. Cause I just don't, there's some interesting stuff in there and it was like, it fit in with a lot of the stuff, but it, it's like the one I, I don't think back on the most, like I don't think back on those events the most out of all of them. It was really, um, I thought that was unbearably sad, <laughs> the yeah, story. Yeah. It was just like, wow. And then he yeah. he doesn't, I mean, he. you see him come back and stuff, but there's no real, like, resolution on that character or whatever, though the doctor is reincarnated as the guy who's interviewing the woman who becomes like the new Christ, basically, some yeah. on me. I know to the listener, if you haven't seen, you should probably have definitely just watched Cloud Atlas before you yeah. listen to this because it's like it is so it's dense and it's hard to explain. But one, it's one of those things that if you just submit yourself to it and watch it, you'll get really wrapped up in it and you'll love it. I think you know, yeah, nine times out of ten, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that with something that dense, I think we've kind of professed a lot of uh, enjoyment for it. Um, I don't know much more I can really talk about it, so why don't you well, say, we could... go to the big roundup, take a break and go to the big roundup? All right, fair enough. Okay, we're back. For the big roundup on Cloud Atlas, Randy, let's hear it on a scale of one to five stars. 
Well, well, what would you rate Cloud Atlas? It's no secret. I think that I really love this movie, and I did want to get into just a little bit, and I'll just briefly run over uh, how good the cast is. We've been talking about who is in this cast, and it's just like we barely mentioned Hugh Grant. I think we talked about he plays like this tribal chief in the future. He has like insane tattoos or makeup on his face. He's a bloodthirsty cannibal. He doesn't and say anything in that in that uh, in that story, really. No, I don't think he says anything at all. And he's just like this terrifying mm-hmm. dude, on on par with like, I don't know, James Earl Jones and Conan, or mm-hmm. or the Kurgan from Highlander. Uh, yeah, you know, I think he's is a better comparison. Formidable and scary and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. truly cool to see him, and that I love. And I don't know. I think you alluded to not liking Tom Hanks in the thing. I thought Zachary no, I, I, was a really cool character. I thought it was a I, cool thing for Tom Hanks to be doing. Honestly. It was just that, you know, you don't hire Tom Hanks necessarily to, to be a character actor. And so I think with that, it was a little difficult to get into Tom Hanks in that character. Uh, but again, that is my favorite part of the movie is that whole story. Like, I think that is... That it's th- done the best and it's the most compelling. Yeah. Uh, despite that. Um, I thought he brought out, he still was Tom Hanks, but was within the rules. Because it is crazy in the future. They're talking all crazy. They have like languages evolved and stuff because mm-hmm. it's like 300 plus years from now, you know, and like all sorts of things have happened. Yeah. But um, I don't know, man. I... Respectfully, I'll disagree. I think Tom Hanks is, was great in that part. I loved him. He plays uh, a bit role in Jim Broadbent's. He sets off Jim Broadbent's story because he's this British gangster dude who writes like this autobiography called like Knuckle Sandwich or some shit. And at a party, he publicly murders a critic who gave him a bad review. Yeah, and it's like it's super scary and like disturbing. Do like. It's just like, holy shit. And that is the slapstick story of this movie. It is, well, yeah. yeah and, but they and show the like, dude hit the ground in blood. like <laughs> sh- It's like the Departed. Or, it's like super realistic looking. But it's still comic, though. It's like... It is dark as fuck, but it's very... Yeah. It's the like the funny part. One of the <laughs> funny parts of them. It's very surprising. But Tom yeah. Hanks is in... He's like... He's doing like fucking like a mix between like Bob Hoskins and long good Friday and like maybe like Malcolm McDowell or even it reminded, it honestly reminded me of this movie called gangster number one from like 2001 that has Malcolm McDowell and Paul Bettany playing the same person in different timelines actually. Mm. Not that, but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really funny and great. I just think like Jim Broadbent, everyone in this, and then um, Soon Bay, I think is what her, uh, her name is. She's from Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and like some a lot of cool Korean stuff. She's she's like amazing in this movie. Yeah. I mean, the, I think my favorite story is the future story. It's just like the the future uh, uh, Korea. Yeah, neo where they're neo soul. It's just like a such a dark vision of the future and like where capitalism will lead it. And mm. it's like, it reminded me a lot of, um, another, my other favorite recent 
vision of like future, the future of capitalism, sorry to bother you. Yeah. Where it's like Amazon essentially is, you'll like sell your, you'll like become like a slave Yeah. For Amazon and live like a pod. Like, but it's like under the whole, like take stress out of your life. We'll do everything for you. You know, yeah, you'll have it's a house like, forever. Like you'll never be homeless, but you're it's, a It's a weird, like, like voluntary indentured servitude in which, once you kind of sign up, you realize there's no means of escape from from that. Yeah, you know, it's like you're done. Whereas in um, this movie, they're like genetically, she's like yeah. a she's like a Blade Runner base, or, or not a Blade yeah. Runner. She's like a replicant, like basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're they're human though, because they then. Uh, but replicants protein from their from their bodies, so they can feed. You could eat a replicant, though, right? Replicants have flesh and stuff. I don't know. See, so that's something. I don't. That yeah, feel, I can't. And Blade Runner is confusing because I feel like they're, I mean, it's not like they have, they're not like Terminators where they're like robots inside. But they're right? made by Tyrell, right? So they're made by Tyrell. But the thing is about the second Blade Runner movie is that before Tyrell died, he was able to make one or maybe a set of replicants that could get pregnant. And that's, and that was Sean Young and, uh, and Harrison Ford that could make a baby and, and reproduce themselves. Uh, and that was the big deal. And that's who Ryan Gosling found at the beginning of the second Blade Runner movie. So and he was thinking I, the whole time that he was like the, the offspring. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the girl behind the glass. Yeah. And I like, I mean, that movie was good too, but I can't remember like, what how, did they explain? <clears throat> We're getting way off. I mean, whatever, <laughs> but it, like Harrison Ford, replicants are only supposed to live like seven years, right? Like how is Harrison Ford alive? Do they explain that? Yeah, he's, he's one of the special new replicants. Okay, so it just doesn't so, matter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So So he aged. More than likely Tyrell He lied, aged into right? like a, an actor that barely cares that he's in the yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, whatever. I, I, would, I could take it or leave it if he never showed up in a Star Wars or Blade Runner movie. Again, uh, Indiana Jones, that's a different story. Uh, I don't know if I could do an Indiana Jones, unless we're doing two things. If we're doing young Indiana Jones reboot, I could do that. Um, or if you ever watched the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, they were bookended by the old Indiana Jones with an eye patch. I could do that. Hell um, yeah. But I don't was know. Was it if Harrison do, Ford? Like, no, it was an old man makeup? Uh. Nope. Uh, but if I could do like, if it's like, what's his name from fucking guardians of the galaxy, Chris Pratt, you know, you know ugh, no, or whatever. No, it needs to be more inspired than that. I think if they're going to actually do it, but like, they should just not do it. Just like do Quigley down under, you know, just like, I mean, that's the same. We don't need to get into this whole argument, but like, yeah, it's like nobody, like, Make yeah, something you, new, yeah. Yeah, you can't do Indiana Jones, but you can like have a guy in a hat who goes on adventures in the 40s. Yeah. Like they don't have the copyright on that. You can shamelessly yeah. rip it off and maybe do a better or a newer take on it, you know? I mean, isn't that what like National Treasure was supposed to be? Or even yeah, sort of. But I mean, isn't that what Star Wars is just like taking this schlock from, you know, that's like this stuff that he loves, but it was disrespected for a long time. And he yeah. just like modernized it. And made mm -hmm. it what it is. You know, I mean, that's all that any any of this shit is. Yeah. Just so, make your own thing. God damn it. Anyway, I give this Cloud Atlas, I will give it 
for being one of the most ambitious movies I've seen in a long time that would move me. It was beautiful. Well done. I loved it. I'm going to give it the big five, um, five stars, baby. Big five uh, stars. It, wow. It's damn near perfect and it completely earns its length. I love movies like I it's like the right stuff or fucking uh I don't know, just some some big fabulous epic vision that was pulled off with a plum. It's wonderful. I don't know. Five stars. Cloud out this. Big five stars. I uh let's see on Letterboxd, I gave this one a big four stars. I think I'm gonna bump that up to four and a half. Um this is, yeah, big and, again, should not work. Should not work. No. <laughs> and it is a miracle that it got put together in such a compelling way. And the fact that I've watched it twice and I'm like, will this hold up? And it totally did. Um, from a set of directors that whose biggest films, biggest trilogy of films, I do not like. Me either. Uh, um, Not even the first he, one. Mainly, no. uh, the first one is just like, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Oh, I like Speed Racer, but I didn't see that until like last year. Well, yeah, even like Matrix for me, it was like when someone told me the premise, like, what if the world around you was fake? And I'm like, all right. Like, you've never thought about that? Like, you've never read anything sci-fi well, I mean, story about I that? Think, I don't think I had at the time. I... I was like 15, maybe, when the movie came uh, out. But it, it didn't, I mean, I, I think it's a very interesting premise. But it is like, yeah, when you get into like basic philosophy and stuff, isn't that what, it's like Descartes yeah. basically is like, reality is subjective, you know? It's like, yeah. it's like basically like what it is, yeah. But it was just like, I don't know. Um, I didn't care for it. I still don't. I've tried it again. Uh, I, I like that Animatrix, which kind of is more of a world building. Dude, you're crazy of, for that one. If you you don't, you like that. I don't know. I like a lot yeah. of the world building stuff uh, about it, but I haven't seen that in a long time. And I saw it once. So I like that more than I liked any of the movies. I will say that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I've heard people say that, but I just, yeah, that's a bridge too far for me. Uh, so, yeah, four and a half stars for Cloud Atlas uh, from me. Really good, really recommended. Um, and then maybe you'll be like me with The Matrix where you'll hate this. Uh, but, you know, whatever. I don't care because I like it. I think it's great. Um, Randy, do you have any recommendations based on this movie? Um, I talked about Perfume earlier. I think that's a good movie that has some of the actors in this. It also has, like, it has like Dustin Hoffman and shit. It's a huge prestige movie mm. about a guy who is like a serial killer basically he has to like he he makes perfume he has the best nose in the world and he meets this like the best perfume maker ever and he becomes his apprentice but um he discovers that like the the greatest scent in the world is like i don't know like tears of a dying virgin or something it's a, or like some essence, the essence that they a virgin gives off when she dies, or something like that. So he starts killing. He starts killing women to like capture this like scent essence. It's very, uh, very strange and awesome. Huh. But um, 
It's based also based on a novel that I've never read, but uh, I like that one. Cloud Atlas. I think I said the rights. I'll just go ahead and throw the right stuff out. I think right that's another there. extremely ambitious like movie that has a lot of threads that it holds together and it does a, a balancing act kind of that is impressive and, and good, you know? I don't know. So what do you think? Uh, for my stuff, I mentioned it earlier, but Oh Lucky Man takes the same thread of a lot of this stuff where you're putting a single character in a lot of vignettes, but the the kind of focus of everything changes over time and you have actors playing various characters over and over again, interacting with Malcolm McDowell over and over. This is, of course, the sequel to If, uh, which we reviewed early in this in this series um so again it that that is very much a comedy but also it's it's like three plus hours um i think and Mm. also very ambitious it's an epic comedy which uh you don't really get a lot of and when done well they do very well and otherwise i mean you do get stuff like it's a mad mad world which just kind of had everyone in it um Never but seen it. That's the one. You know that one? It's like... It's I know what it is, but I've never seen it, yeah. Buried under the big W. Uh, so, but uh, Oh Lucky Man definitely has uh, a political message to it. Uh, and it's... I, I think it's great. I've watched it many times. Uh, and it's also got... Uh, I've already forgotten his name, but the original Boba Fett is in that movie, uh, playing a couple yeah. roles, including the Pig Man, which is... The photo I posted when I retweeted that he had he had passed, I posted a photo of him as the pig man in, in <laughs> Man. Uh, so there's that. And then the other one kind of on the other uh, side of the spectrum is uh, Hard to Be a God. Uh, mm, I still haven't watched that either, man. We do both of these movies. Uh, hard to Be a God is, a, is, is hard to watch. It's in black and white. And that one is... Uh, adapted from the novel by the Strigatsky brothers who also wrote uh, Stalker. Uh, Roadside Picnic was the name of the novel uh, for Stalker. But this is about um, Earthlings uh, find a planet very nearby that they can travel to that has uh, life on it, a humanoid life on it, uh, but they are stuck in the Dark Ages. So they send a, a team of scientists out there to kind of push them towards modernity but they can't really do much and instead kind of use their smartiness to become kind of overlords of the planet and uh, meanwhile there is a ruling class in there that is trying to keep people stupid Um, it is very violent there's lots of snot and poop in it uh, and um, it's it's difficult to get through but it it hits on a lot of the same themes of both cloud atlas and Oh, lucky man. And I think it's a good addition to that. So. I greatly look forward to watching that movie. I've, yeah. I've been putting it off because it is, I know I've talked to you and our, our mutual friend, Lucas, who I promise that we will have him on to do Roadhouse because he really <laughs> wants to talk about Roadhouse. And I would love to talk about Roadhouse too. But uh, he he also has given me the big warning. Like it's, it's like long and brutal and stuff, you know, it's mm-hmm. like... And uh, speaking of movies like that, Andrei Rublev is a movie that yeah. is also Russian, black and white, long and brutal, and I can never get, I've never been able to fully get through Yeah, any, I don't think I've made it through so. that one. That's, that's uh, Tarkovsky, right? That's, it is, uh, yeah. 
so Tarkovsky, of course, did Stalker. Yes, uh, to bring it right also, back around. Yeah, and also uh, Solaris, the original version of Solaris, which is also has a lot of long scenes of just, uh, I don't know, driving. Uh, <laughs> but uh, very much captures the mood. Although I think Soderbergh did a good job in his remake of shortening that and keeping that same uh, feeling. Mm. Um, I think that's a, that's, that was a big challenge, and he, I, li- I like that version of that movie. Uh, Heck yeah. Uh, Randy, got anything going on in the new year? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I hope that we can all fucking, you know, just chill and get our fucking, the vax, like, reading this news about, like, the new strain in London that's, like... Great. Love it. Like, moving faster and stuff. It's, like, fucking, come on, you know? Jesus Christ. We need to, like, get this under control. So, I don't know when this is coming out, but also... (laughs) <laughs> I saw when I started streaming this on Netflix, it said end streaming for this ends on December 31st. Oh shit. So, so by the time this, this comes, comes out, out, yeah, who knows? It might be on HBO max. It was on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, you'll be it was able on to Netflix find it. for a while and it's been there before. I don't know. Maybe it'll, it'll go to Amazon or something. It'll end up somewhere, you know, yeah. uh, but worth seeking out cloud Atlas. Yeah. Truly. I love it. It's, what movies are all about, in my opinion. Yeah. One of a kind movie. I don't think I've seen anything really that can compare to this fully. Um, so, uh, you know, my suggestions for this week are very much the closest I could get that I've seen. So uh, this this really is a, uh, a unique film. Uh, so, but I, I, would, I would recommend checking it out and... Don't roll your eyes at the first uh, sign of bad makeup. It gets it, that that becomes a background thing. Yes, so. Susan Sarandon's fake nose in the <laughs> deep past should just like break you of that. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. It'll, you'll be fine. Just go yeah. with it. So. It's it's a weird swing they took, and it may or may not work. But ultimately, the movie itself is it works. It's great. Yeah. All right. For me, you know where to find me, uh, Septoc Podcast for documentary reviews, uh, Nerd Rage of the Great Debates for uh, fun, nerdy debate stuff every week, uh, Cathode Ray Mission for movie reviews with Randy. Oh, yeah. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to if you're able to. That really helps us uh, a lot more than anything, believe it or not. Uh, and so uh, any, any way you can, promote us. Uh, tell us your friends about us uh, if we if you like us. So yeah, uh, any, any word, any any uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Let people know about us if you like us. Spread the yeah. Say hey, my I was in this cool podcast. These guys, you know, maybe they you do no research. <laughs> they do no research, but they kind of talk about stuff. They clearly know about movies. Yeah. But are they adding anything of value to the discourse? Well. That's for you to decide. Well, listening to our podcast, you can take it this way. We try our best not to be up our own asses about about. No, I don't think we are. Uh, Yeah, so you know, I I enjoy doing this podcast with you, Will. Whether yeah, nobody listens to it or a billion people do. (laughs) We got we got a good we got a good amount for how little promotion we do, and um, how long we've been around. You know, we're not Mm. we're not a. Backed by, we're independent, man. We're not backed by a major uh, 
network. We don't have any financiers. We're doing this out of our own pocket. This is true independent media. For the love of the game. Yeah, think about it like a zine, man. A zine you'd pick up, you know, at, uh, I don't know, some art gallery or something for two bucks, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Anyway, we'll be back again. Next week, we got some more stuff to record. A little peek behind the curtain. We uh, yeah. <laughs> we, record, we record these in bulk so we can get them out a little bit faster. So only doing two today, so it's not yeah. going to be a crazy like fatigue on the third episode. I know, where we're just like kind of mumbling to each other. Like, yeah. Oh um, all right, Randy. Uh, I'll talk to you again next week. All right. Have a good one. Peace out, Will.